Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Who knows what will happen on the trip, but as of right now, as I'm thinking about what this is going to look like, my bumper sticker, if I were Biden, is I went to the Middle East, but all I got was this lousy picture of me shaking hands with Mohammed bin Salman. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. In my mind, you know, Biden is heading to the Middle East not because he wants to, but because he thinks he has to. And this is national security reporter Alex Ward. And the reason is the U.S. feels it needs Israel and Saudi Arabia to achieve a slew of goals in the Middle East, whether that's a ceasefire in Yemen, combating Iran or terrorism. But? But the question remains, did Biden need to go now? On the show today, the short-term pain for long-term gain strategy of Biden's upcoming trip to the Middle East. So President Biden is going to Israel and Saudi Arabia this week. What are his big goals on this trip? You know, it's kind of hard to know, actually. Uh, The deliverables are the big question mark. I mean, but at the 30,000-foot level, it's basically... Uh, hey, remember us tour, right? In Israel, it's going to be U.S. Israel, great friends, close together. We know your government just collapsed, but like, you know, we're still here for you. We'll still work with you. <laughs> also, we're really happy that Israel is normalizing its relations with Arab nations thanks to, you know, the Trump era push for the Abraham Accords that the Biden administration is continuing. So it's kind of that is like America supports Israel's normalization of relations with regional nations. That's sort of like the 30,000 foot picture of that one. And then in Saudi Arabia, it's, you know, hey, guys, sorry we've ignored you for like 18 months, but uh, we need you now. So can we be friends again, please? Uh, and that's basically <laughs> going to be Biden's message with, you know, uh, a deeper voice than what I just did. But yeah, after, you know, the killing of Khashoggi and Biden promised to make Saudi Arabia a pariah on the global stage, now the U.S. needs and frankly, the world also needs um, Saudi Arabia's oil and the energy that the OPEC consortium that it nominally leads could, you know, backfill because, of course, a lot of Russian energy exports have been stopped um, and banned due to the invasion of Ukraine. So Biden is basically trying to bring in Saudi out from the cold to be like, hey, if we can sort of make you no longer the pariah that we've tried to make you out to be, can you increase oil production? And that's sort of the basic trade. There are other things involved with this because, of course, the U.S. would like Israeli and Saudi help to confront Iran and keep the ceasefire in Yemen going and combat terrorism. But really, like, at both those events, those are the two main things Biden is heading over there to do. I'm going to continue on Saudi Arabia first, even though it's coming second on the trip. But as you mentioned, this leg of the trip has been one that there'd been a little bit more criticism about, especially given Biden's sort of about face with calling Saudi Arabia pariah state while campaigning for president. And the administration does seem like keenly aware of this criticism. And I was interested, they recently published an op-ed in the Washington Post, like why I'm going to Saudi Arabia. It just seems like they've been really on the defense from the word go on this trip and continuing to try to get the message out of this kind of pragmatic reasoning they're giving. He's just trying to make people not as angry with him that he's going. I mean, look, from (laughs) from the administration's perspective, right, this is a highly strategic trip. The U.S. needs both Israel and Saudi Arabia to handle a slew of issues in the Middle East, not least, um, you know, growing threat from Iran, terrorism, the war in Yemen, like, and or energy needs, you know, all that is necessary. 
Uh, that 18 months of sort of neglecting Saudi Arabia, it has been able to broker a ceasefire in Yemen, but it hasn't really been able to work on those other issues because of the stiff arm. So in the administration's mind, it basically needs to reverse its position on making Saudi Arabia pariah because of all of America's strategic interests in the Middle East that have also been scrambled by the invasion of Ukraine. But for critics, and this is a lot of progressives, this is a lot of human rights advocates, this is a lot of people who have been critical of the decades-long relationship between the U.S. and Saudi, you know, what does the U.S. really getting out of this, right? It's not clear that the Saudis are going to increase oil production a lot. You can imagine the Saudis were still going to work with us on Iran. The regional integration uh, and normalization of relations, including with Israel, was probably going to go any was probably going to happen anyway. Although the U.S. could accelerate that process. Um, so, what is the U.S. getting really um, in, in exchange for what could be? And many people are expecting, you know, images of Biden shaking hands with Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who the CIA says is the guy who orchestrated the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the former uh, U.S. resident and journalist Mm -hmm. and dissident of Saudi Arabia. So, you know, it's sort of up in the air. You know, that was the point of the op-ed is the Biden administration understands this backlash. You know, people we've talked to in the administration basically say, like, you know, it's it's important for us to go to the Middle East, quote-unquote, even if it hurts. And it's that hurting that they're sort of responding to. Okay, so going back to Israel, this visit is coming at an interesting time there. As you mentioned earlier, the Israeli government collapsed in late June. Biden will be meeting with both the current acting prime minister, Yair Lapid, and Benjamin Netanyahu, who he has a complicated personal history with. So first, what is his relationship like with Yair Lapid? I mean, fine. Like, they don't know each other that well. Plus, he just became the caretaker prime minister, like, you know, not yesterday, but basically yesterday. Yeah. And he's there until Israel has its fifth election in, you know, less than four years. So it's just a a trying time. I mean, Biden will, of course, meet with him. He is the figurehead of the government, but he's not, but he is literally the caretaker. So this is less about Biden sort of going, hey, you know, building a great rapport with Lapid. It's possible Lapid becomes the prime minister after the elections again. But, you know, you probably don't want to put too much stock in that because the coalition government that just fell and now he, he's now sort of the figurehead of was weak to begin with. It was basically formed just to keep Netanyahu out of power. So they'll build a rapport. They're going to need each other for the foreseeable future. But like that foreseeable future has a really, you know, for the moment has a, a definite end date. Yeah. Even if they don't agree on Iran, on the Iran deal or whatever, like, does it really matter? Because Lapid is is not powerful. He could be, right? He could gain a lot of power in the future elections. But right now, you know, the, the U.S. is not going to put a lot of stock in him for the moment, other than, of course, the normal pleasantries and things, because it's important for Biden and for the U.S. to show that, you know, both, you know, both countries are still great friends. On this trip, Biden is fully embracing one key pillar of former President Trump's Middle East policy, as you mentioned, the Abraham Accords. What are the Abraham Accords? Simply put, the Abraham Accords are the the, the catch-all name for four se- as of now four separate normalization deals between Israel and Bahrain, Morocco, the United Arab Emirates, and Sudan. And in each case, there was sort of a trade for the normalization. Like for Morocco, it was basically Morocco recognizes Israel as a country. And in exchange, you know, the U.S. is basically like, Morocco, go ahead and do what you want with Western Sahara, which has been a long-standing dispute for for many years. And so some people thought, you know, that was kind of too easy a giveaway because Morocco and Israel had been, you know, kind of working together anyway. But 
either way, like the, the, the main thing of this is that after many years of, sort of regional Middle Eastern countries ignoring Israel, hating Israel for myriad reasons, now they're just kind of like, eh, we're all buddy-buddy in a way. Mm-hmm. Now, Saudi Arabia is the big prize here, right? If Saudi Arabia decides that, hey, you know, we can normalize relations with Israel, then like you can expect a lot of dominoes to fall. No, that's not expected on this trip, to be clear. Like, there isn't going to be an Israel-Saudi announcement. But I think you could see some steps towards a normalization of relations of those countries. So, you know, I don't, I want to give a percentage, but whatever percentage we're at now, add a couple more percentage points towards 100 um, in the way we're headed there. So but that's basically what it is. And the Trump administration started that as part of its, you know, they couldn't get a peace plan done. So it worked on these, quote unquote, Abraham Accords. And the Biden administration was for the general idea of it, mm-hmm. but wouldn't even actually say the term Abraham Accords because that, you know, was the Trump framing. But now they've adopted the terminology. Now it's a thing. And it is a policy that the Biden administration is continuing. And so, you know, I think you can sort of see, you know, what is sort of the grand strategic goal in terms of uh, U.S.-Israel relations outside of thwarting Iran and then just the norm, you know, keeping ties strong. It is helping Israel gain more friends, let's say, openly in the Middle East, even though, and it should be noted, one of the open secrets of Middle Eastern politics for a bit was that Israel was working with the Saudis and the, and the UAE and other countries like this, sort of under the table, business ties, politics, etc. But it, for myriad reasons, you know, didn't want to say it out in the open. Now, sort of like Israel is no longer the imaginary friend. It is the friend that everyone sort of has. Okay, so I know you are about to get on a plane to Israel to cover this for Politico. Any final thoughts? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm headed over there with Biden. As I've been preparing for this trip, as I've been thinking about this trip and writing about it, I am struggling to to get an idea as to why this needed to happen now. I don't see the rationale, right? Because Biden's going to go there again, as we've talked about, to basically tell Israel, like, we support you in your normalization. And with Saudi Arabia, we need you for oil and stuff. Okay, does that require the president to go over there? I'm not sure. To me, Biden is the deliverable. Like, that's what they like. Mm-hmm. They are getting Biden. Israel and Saudi Arabia are getting Biden's presence. The U.S. is going to get stuff, don't get me wrong. I mean, we might have an increase, a slight increase in oil production. You will probably have slightly stronger Israel-U.S. ties. I'm not saying that there isn't a strategic importance to this because in the long run, it is hard to imagine that the U.S. could achieve a lot of its goals without sort of Israel and Saudi on board and especially Riyadh coming in from the cold. Like you would need that. But in the Mm -hmm. short term, if you're Biden, do you really want to risk a photo of you shaking hands with Mohammed bin Salman? Do you really want to risk the notion that you went to the Middle East and you didn't get a massive increase in oil? Do you want to go there and have a photo of you with Benjamin Netanyahu, which will anger progressives who are already mad at Biden for a slew of reasons, many of which are domestic? And then Ukraine is the big thing. Like, no one's going to blame Biden for still focusing on Ukraine. Like, you could have called Lapid. You could have called the king of, of Saudi Arabia. And yes, you're going to a meeting of the Gulf Cooperation Council in Saudi Arabia. But like, I guess my point is, like, I get the strategic idea behind this. The execution to me doesn't feel strong as of now. I mean, that could change. And I will happily say I was, you know, wrong. There are tons of deliverables. But to me, Biden is the deliverable. He is like the thing that most matters on this trip. And it's not the U.S. getting something. It's Israel and Saudi Arabia getting something. And even if the U.S. gets something, I think the short-term damage to Biden, I think they're going to rue that mistake. I, I, I think they, especially if there are those images of Netanyahu and images of MBS and like not oil production, I think if you are... If you are in Biden's team and you're really thinking about, like, what did we get out of this? 
you can think in the long term, maybe a lot. In the short term, we got hosed. Alex Ward, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also in the news, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has an end date. The Conservative Party said Monday that they will announce the replacement for Boris Johnson on September 5th after a vote among party members. Johnson's successor is likely to take over as Tory leader and UK Prime Minister the following day on Tuesday, September 6th. And the next public hearings from the January 6th committee, which resumed today, will focus on extremist groups who incited violence on January 6th, as well as Trump's 187 minutes, the hours of inaction between when the mob breached the Capitol and Trump's announcement telling rioters to go home. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.